Welcome to Muskegon History and Beyond, and welcome to the first podcast of 2022. Happy New Year to all of our listeners. Since we're entering a new year, I figured for our podcast today, we would take a look back to the new year 100 years ago and see how things stack up. Much like our media today, newspapers 100 years ago like to have year-in-review stories, which to historians like myself give some great insights and highlights of what happened in a year. So I would like to share some of these highlights and research that I did on a few stories that I found interesting and dove a bit into to find out some more. On an international stage, Muskegon and much of the world was still recovering from the effects of World War I, which had ended several years prior. The economic impact of it, including rampant inflation and the shakeup in geography and the loss of life, had some serious consequences. At this time, details in the peace plan and reparations were still being worked on, and the United States and Communist Russia were trying to get on better terms, including agreeing on a trade deal. The war really helped Muskegon with all of its foundries and factories, and businesses had to adjust to a post-war life. This they seemed to do pretty well, with Muskegon Piston Ring and Continental having good years. Speaking of Muskegon Piston Ring, one of its owners, a name you might recognize, Paul Beardsley of the Beardsley Theater, was mayor for the year 1921, and was sought out by many to continue in the role for 1922, as his business expertise had helped restore Muskegon's treasury and led to much growth. The housing market in Muskegon attested to this growth, with 129 permits being taken out to construct new houses at a total cost near $300,000. Another 205 permits were taken out for garage construction, showing the growth of this newer transportation system. The auto industry had a huge impact for Muskegon, in fact. In 1921, Muskegon was second only in the state of Michigan to Detroit and the outgoing tonnage from the city. Of that shipped off tonnage, nearly 60% of it came from auto-related businesses, and the paper mentions that it was only a matter of time until finished cars are produced in Muskegon, instead of its parts being shipped to Detroit and then the cars being shipped back to Muskegon for sale or for shipping out west. In future years, Continental would do just that, making cars like the Beacon. To help with this boom of cars, the city set and achieved an ambitious goal to pave or repave five miles of city roads. This made many citizens happy. I found two great quotes about this, one in reference to the estimated five miles of newly paved road. Quote, Now if you please, try to figure out the decrease in cussing affected by the construction. It has been estimated that there were 1,000 cusses previously to the square yard. End quote. Another set of the new roads, the job of the citizen who wants to show some visitors to the city is not so great now. In the olden days, a citizen with civic pride used to sit up nights, planning a route to take his visitor about the city to its place of interest without hitting the bad streets. Some other highlights of the year included on February 4th, Blue Lake Club being offered to the Muskegon Humane Union to turn it into a children's camp. This was the start of Blue Lake Fine Arts Camp. Early in the year as well, Lake Street is renamed Lakeshore Drive, a road I'm sure almost all of us are familiar with. The early months also saw many police raids on stills in town illegally distilling liquor and brewing beer as this was during the height of Prohibition. Police also discovered an auto thieves ring in the area and managed to bust it up catching most of the ringleaders. On March 19th, the city water was declared dangerous to drink and this would remain a problem off and on into the fall as it seems industrial heavy waste was being mixed in the normal sewage and causing issues. On April 9th, the decision was made for Muskegon to join the Eastern Time Zone, moving it an hour ahead from its normal Central Time Zone to help businesses. 
However, if you think time changes are hard to adjust to now, this time change only lasted for the summer months, when then the time in Muskegon would jump back to its normal central time. Another April tidbit I discovered I had to do more research on when I saw the description that Deputy State Dairy Inspector Arndt Elfeson rules cafe can't advertise wiener as hot dog. Now brace yourself, because this story is just about as ridiculous as you might imagine. And I'm going to be quoting from it extensively here. A hot dog is a hot dog, and a wiener is a wiener, according to Arndt Elfeson, former mayor and deputy state dairy and drug inspector. For years, a good many people have been laboring under the impression that the hot dog was simply the night owl name for a wiener, thrown carelessly between a couple of slices of bun. But Mr. Elfeson, in his official position, has ruled otherwise. The result is that the hot dog sign displayed by a Western Avenue place of business that recently opened, specializing in these animals, has been forced to remove its sign from the window and today advertises a Coney Island wiener. The inspector recently entered the place and ordered a hot dog. The waiter speared a wiener from the dish and recklessly threw it between the slices of bun, asking, onion, sir? The inspector opened the bun, examined it, and remarked, just as I expected, it is not a hot dog at all. It's nothing more than a plain wiener. You'll have to take that sign down from your place and advertise what you sell. There's a law in the state regarding deceptive advertising. Mr. Alfson explains that a hot dog is dog meat and a wiener is a wiener, and that placing of a hot dog on the sign when only a wiener is sold is deceptive. Quoting Alfson again, quote, They cannot place such signs on the main street of town, and under the pure food law governing advertising, I had the authority to have the sign removed. And I did look this up to see if there was an actual difference, and depending on who you ask, there is a difference between a wiener and a hot dog, uh, but it's very subjective, apparently. On May 20th of 1921, the city of Muskegon held its annual baby show, with Billy Slater being announced the winner. What the criteria was for this, I couldn't find out, but apparently Baby Billy had the stuff. In July, Muskegon experienced a heat wave, with temperature in the sun being recorded at a high of 112 degrees. Also in July, on the 19th, renowned abolitionist Jonathan Walker's remains were moved to a city plot in Evergreen Cemetery, where they currently reside today. One final date and headline that caught my attention was on August 18th, when it was decided that the Hackley Art Gallery would be incorporated into the public school's education efforts in hopes to make the community more involved in it and the library. Many at the time, it seems, felt that the community didn't use those spaces enough and appreciate them for what they were. To wrap up our episode today, I have two summaries of the year I'd like to share. The first in the form of a full-page ad for the Chamber of Commerce, which spoke to the potential of Muskegon in 1922, that I think could be put up today and would still directly apply. It says, In no other city of its class, the country over, are such mighty projects planned and underway as in this metropolis of western Michigan. Big things have been done by many cities. Big things have been accomplished by Muskegon but rarely has a community had so large a program of progress or tackled it in such an enterprising fashion as Muskegon boasts today. Our second year-end summary is a broad review of the year, and it carries a message and best wishes for the new year, and I will leave you with that. Once again, Happy New Year to all of our listeners. The clock strikes 12, horns blow, home brewers pop corks. Remember, this is during Prohibition, so you had to make your own booze. Another year ends, fades into eternity. Enter 1922. Old 1921 was a bad year for the average pocketbook. There have been worse years, but taking it by the large, there will be few mourners as 1921 totters off the stage. The new year 1922 was a promising one. Prospects are that business will continue improving. The world is saner, getting its balance restored, recovering from the war. 
Let the birth of the new year be rebirth of your ambitions, hopes, and the finer emotions that make life worthwhile.